Welcome to Minimalish. I'm your host, Desiree, and this is a podcast about minimalism, sort of. It's a podcast about how living with less stuff and less distractions can help us focus on what's most important. So what you'll find here, of course, we will talk to cluttering and living with less, but we'll also talk about the important things in life and how to approach them intentionally. We'll approach topics of motherhood, home life, relationships, work, our health, and the important things in general that fill up our days. And what you won't find here, a perfectionist version of minimalism. I'm a mom, a full-time teacher, and a podcaster, and I've found the version of minimalism that you may find on Instagram or Pinterest to be unattainable. We aren't minimalism purists here. We're simply focused on living with less in a way that's realistic to us. It's a version of minimalism I personally like to call minimal-ish. The goal is not living with less for the sake of less here, or to make sure our homes make us look like a minimalist. The goal is living with less in a realistic way so that we can have more time and space and energy to focus on what matters most. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive into this week's episode. Hi friend, welcome back to Minimalish. Thank you for being here and listening in today. If you listened in last week, you know we are in the middle of doing something a little bit different here on the podcast, and that is replaying some of our favorite episodes from way back in the beginning of Minimalish. Most of these episodes come from 2019, so at least three years ago. I'm just excited to get some of these super valuable episodes back in front of new eyes, if you are a new listener and you haven't scrolled down that far, um, or just replayed for us to gain value from in a new season. I know as I listen into them, as I listen through these older episodes, I am gaining new value from them in my new season of life. Which, by the way, the other reason we are doing this is because I am in a very new season of life as we've just welcomed new life into our family. My second daughter, Juna, was born in early April, so this is just giving me a little bit of a break as well from recording new episodes, although those are coming very soon, so stay tuned for them. This week, I am sharing, resharing my episode with Erica Lane from the Life on Purpose movement. She is one of my very favorite people that I have met via the internet and minimalism, so I'm excited to reshare this episode with you. I won't say much more on what it's about because I talk about that in the actual intro of the episode, so let's get to this second replay of Minimalish. Hi friend, welcome back to the Minimalish podcast. I am so excited today to share with you another guest, Erica Lane from the Life on Purpose movement. I am so excited to share this one with you because I really can stand behind Erica's message. She is just this lovely woman inside and out. She is so kind and I feel like her demeanor is so peaceful and I just loved chatting with her. I learned so much from her and I know you will feel the same way. Erica describes herself as a sunset chaser, which I love that description. Um, She's a sunset chaser. She's a mom of three. She's the founder of the Life on Purpose movement, and she's the author of The Minimalist Way, which is her book. We're going to talk about that book in this interview. Her writing encourages women to, to give up the frantic life and trade it in for a focused one. Like I said, that message is totally like what my heart is about as well. So I just love chatting with her. 
I just love everything that she's about. And she's so inspiring on Instagram and on Facebook where she often posts. I'm going to tag all the ways you can find her in the show notes. So you can go to the show notes. You can find her on all of the social media platforms on her own website. And you can also find her book there too. But without any further ado, let's hop into this interview. I'm so excited to be sharing my chat with Erica with you today. Hi, Erica. It is so great to have you on the show. Thank you for agreeing to be on here. And um, before we get started and dive into what you do um, and just your kind of minimalism journey in general, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and who you are. Great. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Desiree. Um, I am a wife and mom of three. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, nothing makes me happier than adventuring with my family outdoors. Let's see. It's kind of fun to talk about myself as a person instead of just the, just my work. Yeah. <laughs> um, my favorite color is the color of the sunset. Any color in the sunset. My kids always say that like anytime they see a sunset, mom, it's your favorite color. <laughs> um, and I help women move from feeling overwhelmed and worn out to feeling focused and at peace. That's awesome. I love that mission. Tell me about the Life on Purpose movement um, and talk about how it all started for you and, and what you do now through, um, through your business. Yeah. Well, one thing, I don't think I've ever really mentioned this to anyone, but one of the seeds that was planted for me that grew into the Life on Purpose movement that I run now is... Years ago, I, ran, I managed a building, um, an apartment building of 53 units, and I kind of got a really good look into a lot of different people's lives and homes, and I noticed a lot of the people who lived in our building were older, were um, retired, and I noticed that they seemed, a lot of people seemed to lack purpose in their lives. Like there were some of the people who were retired, they weren't working anymore and they maybe did or didn't have families or they weren't close to them or for whatever reason, they didn't seem to have a lot of purpose. And I thought it felt like kind of a sobering way, a kind of a sad way to finish, finish your life, you know? Yeah. So we had this one neighbor right across the hall. Her name was Gladys and she was older. Um, I was there with her. I made her toast um, the morning that she got stuck in her bed. She just knew she wouldn't be able to get out of bed and she had me um, call the paramedics and I made her toast that she toast with homemade jam that she ate that morning. That was the last morning she ever was home and then she moved into um, an assisted living um, facility. But anyway, she was our friend. I had two little kids at the time. We would like pick her up groceries sometimes. We would just chat with her. But she really just had so little in her life that um, I think could give it like a, a richness and meaning. So that's one of the reasons I started the Life on Purpose movement and called it that is I wanted to help um, other women and help myself along the way um, live a life of purpose so that our later years looked a little different than that. And then over the years, um, my per with my personal journey and what I've seen other women experience, um, I feel like I've been led to a more specific focus, which is that idea of helping women who are overwhelmed and worn out 
find focus and peace and joy in their lives. And I think we do that through um, finding our purpose. That is a really cool story. I love how it all started for you. Tell me a little bit more about like your story because I have started reading your book and I admit I'm not fully finished yet, but I'm loving it so far. And from reading your book, I actually realized the way that minimalism started for you is pretty similar to the way that it started for me as well. So kind of this journey to a life on purpose for you, it seems like, you know, it started with, with your observation of other people, but also um, it seems like minimalism is really weaved within it for you. So tell me a little bit about what led you to minimalism and eventually like what led you to the point where you are now. Absolutely. So years ago, maybe eight years ago, I remember sitting in a rocker while my kids played on the floor in front of me. It was evening and the sun was setting in the windows behind me. I was hundreds of miles away from family raising our kids while my husband traveled a lot for work and managing that really big apartment building at the time. And basically, I just felt like I was trying so hard to be everything for everyone in my life. And I was overwhelmed. It all just felt like too much, too many toys to pick up off the floor, too many commitments to people who weren't even in my immediate circle, too many phone calls to make and errands to run. It all just felt like too much. Um, And it was then in that quiet moment on the rocker watching my little kids play at the two, at the time, I think I had the two boys and they were 18 months apart, little, just playing on the floor. And I felt this unexpected rush of clarity kind of wash over me and I felt like I was being pulled toward living a simpler, more focused way. And in the years since, I've donated most of what we owned and slowly replaced um, the bigger pieces with pieces that we really love. I've decided to focus my energy on the things that matter most to me, which for me is my family, my writing, my faith, and my closest friends. And I found margin in my life, the space to play with my kids, to explore our part of the country, and to take a nap here and there just because I can. (laughs) So yeah, that was, I always say that my journey to minimalism started in new motherhood, but your journey, anyone else's journey can start anytime in any stage of life. But yes, it sounds like we were similar, like that feeling of just too much, too many toys to clean up, too much. Yeah, and... Yeah, it definitely started for me. Well, I am still in early motherhood, but um, but that's it's funny because it's like I think that's like you said, any time is a good time to start it, but that can be a time where where things just feel overwhelming, and you either you know stay in that place or or you find a way to to make it you know more joyful and less overwhelming. Exactly. Yeah. I recently asked, um, on, in my Instagram stories, I just asked people if they wanted to share their story about coming to a more minimalist way of life. And if they want to email me their story, maybe we could do a video interview down the road. And I have gotten some really great stories and coincidentally, all of the women who have emailed me so far are in that same stage of life. So I think there's something about this time in our lives where we just kind of hit a wall and we're like, there has to be a different way because it's too overwhelming. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So 
like I said, you have a book and, um, and that's you, that's where I kind of originally heard your story of, of minimalism starting in new motherhood. So talk about the minimalist way a little bit. That's the title of your book. What is, what does that mean? Like the minimalist way? Um, tell me what led you to writing a book about this and what you think kind of the essentials are to living a minimalist way. Sure. I would love to. Yeah, so the book is called The Minimalist Way, Minimalism Strategies to Declutter Your Life and Make Room for Joy. I especially love this subtitle. I think that sums it up really well <laughs> because it says declutter your life, not just your home. So it's really when I went into writing it, I wanted it to, to be a more holistic approach to minimalism. I wanted to acknowledge that minimalism is about so much more than just getting rid of your stuff. Um, it's really about using this new mindset and applying it to, um, and the book has chapters on all of these, but applying it to your family life, like your pace, the way you use your time, the way you spend your money, um, your relationships, so many areas of our life more than just the home or, you know, your cubicle at the office. <laughs> um, so I think of the book as a, the culmination of everything I've tried and experimented with and learned over the last decade, really, of my journey to a simpler life. And I would say that the thing that's most essential to living a minimalist way is knowing your values. So chapter two in the book is all about honing in on your unique values, not your, not the values you were necessarily raised with, not the values your mother-in-law might think you should have, or even your husband, your unique personal values. So we break it down. Like I encourage um, readers to create their top three personal values that can guide them, you know, for their, their whole lives. I, I think that, we can live seasonally and your values can change with time. I think that's just fine. But knowing them in the season you're in is just so powerful because when you know your personal values, it is so much easier to let anything that falls outside of that, anything that doesn't serve and build up um, your values fall to the side. I love that you approach kind of all areas of life in general when it comes to minimalism and, and that in your book, it's not just about decluttering because, um, I, I like to say that I actually don't like decluttering. It's like my secret. Like it's, it's obviously essential to living with less. You have to get rid of the stuff, but it's just like, I don't find joy in talking about decluttering, but I find joy in, you know, everything else that, that decluttering has brought me or basically like the intentional living side, you know, there's so much more there. Yes. Yeah. But, um, so I love that you approach all the different areas in your book, what it looks like to be a minimalist, like throughout mm -hmm. all these areas of our lives. So I want to focus on a couple of different concepts that you talk about um, that really kind of struck me as I read through. And the first one I would love to hear from you is about family life. Um, this podcast focuses a lot on family and motherhood. So what do you think it means to be a minimalist family? And since your kids really grew up in a home where you were living this way since they were a young age, um, how does this practically play out in your family? Yes. So my kids are, just to give you like, you know, the groundwork, my kids are almost 11 now, um, nine and six. Um, so we're in the throes of the elementary years, which is fun. 
Um, so I personally don't believe that anyone's life needs to look a certain way. I define minimalism as building a life based on what you value. So for me, defining minimalism that way takes all of the judgment out of it. So because I believe that everyone is free to build a life that fits them, no matter how different that looks from mine, I don't have to look at anybody else and say, oh, you know, you have way too much stuff or <laughs> you're way too busy. You know, as long as you're as long as you're living according to your values and your priorities, that can be a minimalist life. So in that way, I think I think it's given my kids, I hope, a, a well-rounded perspective on minimalism. And I hope it helps them not um, be judgy toward other people. Um, but my kids know that I feel most at ease and more able to be the mom and the woman that I want to be in a simplified, tidy home, a home with some white space. So without me even needing to say it, they can tell that I'm scattered, stressed, and quicker to anger when the house feels messy or cluttered. I talk to them about it for sure, but they also just see it. They, they can tell, you know, kids are very aware of our moods. So I actually love to send them to homes that feel different than ours. We have this friend who has like dogs, chickens, goats, cats, and even a really old tortoise. Um, she's an artist and her home is just filled with eclectic things like antiques and a red British phone booth. <laughs> um, and it all fits her personality so well. And I love for my kids to experience that because then they come home to our home, which feels completely different, but they can see that the way she's living really fits her. It, it works for her and her family. So after we visit a home like that, I like to reiterate that we all, or at least those of us who are lucky enough to have relative financial stability, we all have the opportunity to choose how we live. Then there's, so that's kind of about the physical aspect, like the material aspect of being a minimalist family, but there's also the pace, the pace of being a minimalist family. So I always tried to prioritize my husband and I are, while our kids were little, unstructured play. So they played lots in our neighborhood, you know, with lightsabers out on the grass, lightsabers, like Tinkerbell dresses, and just, just unstructured play with the neighborhood kids. And it was so fun to watch. And then we always prioritized our weekend adventures. We live in a beautiful area, so we do a lot of exploring on Saturdays. And we made sure to keep our Saturdays as open as possible. We wouldn't, we would say no to birthday parties. We would say no to too many commitments, even at church, just to prioritize those things because those things really mattered to us. But then, <laughs> plot twist, as our kids have grown, our season has kind of changed. And our boys really wanted to do soccer. So they have done soccer for the last maybe three seasons. And, you know, part of me doesn't love it. it do, it's not the pace that I really want to be living at, having four soccer practices, one gymnastics practice a week, and then two, at least two soccer games every Saturday. But it's only for a few months at a time. And it, it's what they want in me. I, I feel like I can get behind the why there, you know, for their personal, physical, social development. It's just the right time for us. So I would just say that if you are moving toward a more minimalist pace as a family, 
just be aware that it can change with each season of your family life and that's okay. We get a little busy for a few months and then we flow back to our slower pace. Like we'll have a beautiful slow pace summer and then we'll pick back up with soccer in the fall. So <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I think that's such a great perspective. Um, I really appreciate that perspective because for me, like, you know, with, with toddlers and with smaller children, I'm, I'm kind of ruling our family pace right now and my husband and I together. So it's interesting to hear what that looks like when you have multiple kids and when they get older and, and what it looks like to really, you know, choose what works for all of you together, even yeah. if it might not be your first choice. I do. Yes. <laughs> I also, it just occurred to me to mention that sometimes I have women tell me like, I want to live this slow pace with my little kids, but I have so many people telling me, Oh, why aren't you doing like mommy and me ballet? And you know, just all the things like your child needs more social socialization. Your child needs more activities, more education. And I just want to give women permission to follow their intuition and live the way that they really feel is right for, for their family. Yeah, that's so good. And I can relate at where I am right now. I kind of felt that and I threw it all out. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to let that rule me because it's, you know, I can see when she's happiest and I can see when, you know, when she's happiest is when I'm not stressed out <laughs> exactly <laughs> and I think I mean kids will get plenty of opportunities to be socialized <laughs> yeah they get older yeah for sure I hope you're enjoying today's episode but I want to take a quick break to thank the sponsor that is helping make this episode possible is hiring challenging right now Yes. So you need a hiring partner that can help you rise to the challenge. If hiring is part of your job, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. One of the things that I love about Indeed is it makes hiring all in one place so easy because of Instant Match. Candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search, according to US Indeed data. Indeed does the hard work for you. When you pay to post a job, Instant Match shows you candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash minimalish. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash minimalish. Indeed.com slash minimalish. Terms and conditions apply. Pay per qualified applicant not available for all users. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So the next thing I want to chat about is your philosophy on time management as a minimalist, because um, there's so much like, I feel like social media has tied productivity to minimalism in some ways. And I I would love to hear your perspective on that. Um, So can you talk about how you believe we should approach time and time management as minimalists? Um, 
in a culture that's so focused on busy and productivity? Hustle, you know, hustle yeah. is like the word of this decade. And that's not really a word that I'm interested in. <laughs> um, so one thought right off the bat is I think that we need to watch that we're committing to ourselves and our, our own inner voices first. So I think too many of us are over committing to others and under committing to ourselves. So if you're living at a pace that you're not comfortable with because you're committing you know, you're saying yes to so many obligations that you're not really even that interested in, um, then you're overcommitting to others and undercommitting to yourself. And I think that we need to honor our inner voice and get back in touch with it and be willing to say no. So that's, that's the first thing. Um, then I love to remind people that your time is your own and you're the master of it. You know, you, you get to take back your time. I think especially as women, we're just, we're kind of moving, a lot of us are moving through life like swing and hit, swing and hit. Like we, we swing at all the needs that we're supposed to be meeting. We're supposed to be, you know, meeting our, our kids' needs, our, our partner's needs, our school's volunteer needs. You know, it's just like pick up the dry cleaning, like all the needs. We're just trying to meet them. And maybe if we're lucky, we're squeezing in um, a few of our own needs too. But I would say when you know your values, you learn that you don't need to meet all of those needs and that your time is your own and that you get to be the master of it. So I would just encourage everyone to take back their ownership for their time, listen to their inner voice and recommit to yourself. And then the last thing is to prioritize, 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 prioritize the heck out of your life. And once again, if you know what's important to you, that becomes so much easier. Yeah, I love that. It's like, it's so, such a simplified way to look at time. And, and I think we're all just so worried about, you know, saying how busy we are and just like, I feel like that mindset it has in the past, like that mindset has just made me kind of think like, I don't have time for the things that I really want to do because I'm so busy. But what, why, why do we let ourselves get busy with stuff that isn't the main thing we want to do? You know? Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes we're confusing busyness and worth. You know, we're, we're thinking that we're more worthy as people or more, complete in some way if we're busy and if we're productive. And I just love to remind women that they are 100% worthy, 100% enough, just the way they are. You know, it's, it's inherent. So try to, take, try to take the busyness out of the equation and just remember who you really are deep down under all the layers. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Okay, so a um, couple more questions that I have for you. What has been the biggest benefit of minimalism that you've seen in your life? Ooh, yes, I love this. I would say that it is mental clarity. <laughs> so you might think that a big benefit of min living minimally is being able to find all your stuff because <laughs> it's not lost under all your other stuff. <laughs> But what I found was that after I pared down our physical belongings, I then felt a lot more clarity in my head. 
And then I moved on to decluttering like my mental load and my, the, my emotional load, like the negative thoughts in my head. And I would just say having more space inside of my mind helps me feel so much more peaceful and content in my life. So I would say that's the big surprise benefit of minimalism, that you can find this mental clarity and inner peace. Yeah, I love that. That's, that's exactly kind of where I focus in and, and the part of minimalism I love to talk about because I'm like, that's the, that's the real big idea, you know? It is. It is. Okay. So if someone wanted to just get started in minimalism, like someone's listening to this thinking like, okay, well, how do I even get started? Um, but they're, so they're not sure where to start. What are your practical tips to start moving forward? Yeah, I would just say start with the stuff, even though I don't think that minimalism is about the stuff in the end. I think that's where most people start their journey. And I think it just makes sense. It's this really logical progression because once you start decluttering your exterior, then you notice yourself moving to your interior, your mental load and your emotions. So I would say start with the stuff. And if you're overwhelmed by decluttering, then, you know, you can use some really simple strategies like set a timer for 10 or 15 minutes and tell yourself when that timer beeps, I'm done decluttering guilt-free unless I want to do another 10 or 15 minutes and then you can set it again. But every time that timer beeps, you're done guilt-free. You got, you got it in for that day and you can just be proud of it. And then really lean into the joy that you start to feel from living with less because I think that's one of the keys that we don't always talk about is if you, if you really choose purposefully to emphasize the good feelings, then I think it reinforces it in the brain and you're like, Ooh, I want more of that. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say start small, start with your stuff and really lean into the joy of being able to open that usual junk drawer in your kitchen and find the lighter or whatever you needed, you know, right, right when you need it. Yeah. <laughs> really enjoy that and sink into that and that will motivate you to keep going. And then from there, it will only get more, more satisfying, more exciting. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's such a, that's kind of, I think where it starts for most people for sure. So great advice there. Um, okay. So two last questions I ask all of my guests, yeah. kind of these fun little questions. First one is what is something that you're simplifying right now in your life? Okay. Right now I am simplifying uh, <laughs> uh, it's so small and specific, but I'm, we're working on some small renovations in our home and I struggle to live with things being a little out of order. You know, I just am a little prone to anxiety and depression. So having my home feel a bit off is really emotionally draining for me. So I would say I'm trying to, this isn't necessarily simplifying, but I'm trying to just um, give myself extra love and positivity and look for joy in life while things feel a little unsettled in my main living area. Um, so that's that. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I, I mean, that's important. Like, it's a way of kind of like simplifying your mindset, you know? Yeah. Um, and what is the second question is what is something that you can't stop talking about right now? So something you're just really loving. 
fun. Okay, so um, Gretchen Rubin, she wrote The Happiness Project, and she has a podcast called Happier, which I love. She and her sister, Liz, they co-host the podcast. They do this like 19 in 2019 list. And I did it in, I can't remember if I did it in 2017 and 2018. I definitely did it last year and I'm doing it this year where you just make a list of 19 things you want to do in 2019. And I've been kind of obsessed about this. I've been talking about it on Instagram and to any of my real life friends because it's just so fun to have like have a little list that gives me a reason to do things that might normally get swept under, you know, into the cracks. <laughs> so I tried to make my list mostly fun. Some of them are aspirational. I think next year when I do 20 and 20, <laughs> I want to make them just all fun. So they're all easy to check off. And it just gives my life this little dose of joy because I tend to be kind of serious minded. And if it were up to me, like if I were just left to my own devices, I'd probably work all the time on the life on purpose movement and take care of my family. And that would be it. But having this list gives me, gives me like a little motivation to do some fun things outside of that. So my list includes like random things like I'm going to get one facial in 2019. Haven't done that yet. Try a new exercise class, you know, just things that make your life a little bit more well-rounded. I've been enjoying that. Oh, I love that. That's, that's so fun. I like most, most goal setting things. Yeah. It's not like focused on fun stuff. So I love that. It's like just a simple little list that will, you got to infuse joy in your life anywhere you can. Right. Yeah. I love that so much. Okay. Well, thank you for um, coming on the podcast again. And I just love this conversation. Um, I know that our listeners will love it as well. So first um, thing I want to do before we hop off of here is can you just tell people where they can find you and give us one more little plug for your book and where, where can they find it? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay, so my name is Erica Lane and you can find me pretty much anywhere if you just look up the Life on Purpose movement. So you could find me through Google there. You can find me on Instagram as the Life on Purpose movement and Facebook. Um, and then the book's name is The Minimalist Way, Minimalism Strategies to Declutter Your Life and Make Room for Joy. And you can find that on Amazon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, I hope you have a fantastic day. And thanks again for being Thank on the you. show. Such a pleasure. Thank you. Okay. I hope you loved that conversation as much as I did. I really loved Erica's message about our time. This is what I believe is so attractive about minimalism, that it truly helps us take back our time and start to manage it in a way that we actually want to, versus just giving it all away to what we somehow have believed we should be doing and what we should be giving our time to. So I wanted to end this episode with a few questions for you to just think through and to start to walk towards, you know, using your time in a way that you actually want to be using it. So what do you want your time to go to? How can you take back your time? What do you need to say no to so that you can start to make yourself a priority? And what can you simplify so that you actually have more time? And you know, these questions should all be within the bounds of the current season that you are in. 
But don't be afraid to really dig deep into what you're really giving your time to right now and and what it could be going to and what you want it to be going to. Dig deep into that, into who you are, into what you care about, and start to figure out ways to reallocate your time so that those things, those things you really care about, those things you really want to be doing, actually have a part in your day. I hope you start to move towards the direction of owning your time and you give yourself permission to do that. Okay, that is all I have for today's episode. Thanks again for being here with me today, friend. If you enjoyed the show, screenshot yourself listening in and share what you loved about it on Instagram. And if you're loving the podcast and you're listening on iTunes right now, just scroll down and hit those five stars. It takes a couple of seconds. And if you have a minute or two, leave a super quick review. This is what helps the podcast get in front of more eyes. And if you love it and you have those couple of seconds to spare, I'd be incredibly grateful for your help in that. Okay, friend, I hope that you have a great week and I will meet you back here next week.